Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to Franchise Players here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for tried sports. Desmond Johnson here with you. Our weekly Carolina Panthers check-in. Uh, went to grab Skylar Callahan. He is the beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore. Uh, what's going on, Skylar? How are you doing, man? Not too bad, Desmond. How are you? Pretty good. I wanted to touch on a couple of different things with the Panthers. Uh, we hadn't had a chance to talk in a couple of weeks, so I wanted to get your opinion on some of the stuff that's broke. Uh, of course, minicamp ended last week. Uh, the guys will reconvene in Wofford uh, for training camp starting late July. I believe the 27th is the opening day. Uh, but first, news broke last week from Panthers headquarters that former Panthers wide receiver Steve Smith will be joining Taylor Zarzer in the booth for preseason games on the Panthers television network. I um I actually went online and watched the promo video that was announced in the pairing, and it, and it really felt like the Panthers were announcing not that just that Smitty was going to be there for the preseason, but that he was quote unquote back, like with the, the, the franchise, so to speak. Um, do you expect Zarzer and Smith to take over the radio call for the Panthers? And how big is it that Tepper and the Panthers are welcoming back Smitty with open arms to the franchise? Well, I think it's huge, especially when you're talking about some of the the, the best players in, in franchise history. Now, granted, you know, the Panthers haven't been around for extremely long, but You've got to always welcome those guys back with open arms, treat them extremely well. And it's not just the legends like Steve Smith or anybody like that, but that's every, everybody that comes back. And to kind of mend those relationships, I think, is is, is important, especially for David Tepper, who's a, a relatively new owner. He wants to set the culture right, and I think it also starts with, you know, paying respect to the past. And and, per, and personally, I, I think Smitty would be terrific if, if he were to do this full-time do it for the regular season. I think he just brings a different dynamic to, you know, a broadcast, uh, you know, whether it be a preseason game, regular season game, whatever. Uh, We haven't seen it yet, but I have a feeling Smitty's going to be pretty darn good at it. Now, in your opinion, uh, speaking of Smitty and uh, previous Panthers, we've kind of put this out there before, but who, in your opinion, should receive a Panther statue alongside Sam Mills? Uh, Is it time to add another statue? Maybe uh, I know Sam is at one gate. Uh, to maybe put another one at the other gate. Is there someone out there that should get first consideration for that? Is that Steve Smith, or would there be another Panther out there that um, might maybe get consideration for something along those lines? Yeah, I think outside of Smitty, um, you probably would have to look at probably Peppers. I think that's that's an easy one. Um, dude's going to be – for. I think he should be a first ballot holder. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think he's got a good shot too. Uh, looking at his stats and where he kind of is sack wise, like I think top five, if I'm not mistaken, last time I looked, uh, oh, like yeah. all time. So um, the only other player I could think of that would make sense with Sam being at one end would be Thomas Davis at the yeah. other end. Yes. You know, if you had something really cool where you had a a statue of of Sam Mills guarding that one gate, and you got uh, Thomas Davis at the other side, both guys. Sam Mills is in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. I think. I can't remember for sure if he actually is in. I think uh, he, he's on the list. I can't. Yeah, remember. I don't know if he's in in yet. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. And Thomas Davis is going to be kind of that same type of fringe guy. He's going to be on ballots probably down the road, but probably won't get in. 
but for the the sake of the franchise, those two guys are uh, indispensable. I think it would be great if David Tepper did something along those lines. Uh, on the line with me, Skylar Callahan from Carolina Pan- uh, excuse me from Sports Illustrated, Carolina Panthers beat writer. Follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore uh, Skylar. Let's check in on some of the hot topics this week regarding the Panthers that you had uh, wrote about for Sports Illustrated. Uh, you guys had a Panthers roundtable at Sports Illustrated earlier in the week regarding whether or not the Panthers are due for a uniform change. What were your thoughts on this? Because from my recollection, the Panthers really haven't changed their uniforms uh, really since their inception. They've changed the logo, but they haven't really changed the logo. To, I mean, the uh, the uniform design that much. Yeah, you would think that the Panthers would be kind of, you know, being a newer team and all, they would kind of be with the times and and ready to be the the next new thing when it, when it comes to uniforms or logos or whatever. But they just haven't. They've kind of stuck to what they've what they came out with and uh, they, they've kind of rode with it. But you know, when you look at you know other teams in the division, I mean, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, um, you know, th- those those two teams have updated their uniforms and their look. New Orleans has made some subtle changes, but nothing uh, drastic. But you know, I know everyone talks about you know maybe a black helmet or a, you know a blue helmet, white helmet, all that stuff. I think really just needs to kind of be tightened up, cleaned up. Nothing too, tr- nothing too crazy like the like the Rams or anything like that, or, or the great uniforms <laughs> that the Falcons decided to wear for some odd reason. Uh, but I would just you know take I don't I don't really like the shoulder stripes. I think you know you could do some something different there, kind of like similar to what the Bengals do, you know, with the the scratch marks, but maybe not copy them. <laughs> do something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um I, I'm a huge fan, and I think a lot of the fan base says I'm a huge fan of the all black. Whenever yeah. they wear the all black. Now I think our record's not all that great when we do wear the all black, but uh look wise, I love it. I wish they would make it where the black was like our home colors and like that electric blue is our road colors. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I love I love the all black. Um I also think now I don't know where a lot of people stand on this, but I'm not a huge fan of the silver pants. I, I don't know why. I just never have been, and I just think that the black on black, white on white, blue on white. You know, I yeah. think it's kind of the look. Yeah, I, you know, I've never really thought about it, but yeah, I guess that blue and silver combo. I would prefer it to either be all blue or uh, or white uh, at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah, so yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of the silver in there. It, it never really bothered me that silver was part of the color scheme. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love for them to do something like that, but I think they're okay with, uh, the general base of what they've got for the uniforms, uh, currently right now. Um, now Skylar, they just finished mini camp last week in Charlotte. The Panthers defense looks totally different from a year ago. Let's talk a little bit about the secondary, uh, all the off season moves and free agency in the draft. How excited do you think head coach Matt rule and defensive coordinator Phil snow are with what they have in place? and what they saw so far from minicamp, who has the inside track in your mind to be the two starting cornerbacks week one? Yeah, I think they're antsy to get to the season because they did <laughs> not have these types of guys in their in their cornerback room and in safety room a year ago. They didn't even have really the bodies. They were putting guys on the roster who they were adding during the season or they signed as undrafted free agents. So they've actually got depth and, and talent at both spots now, which is which is something, again, that they didn't have a year ago. But I would definitely say, as far as the two corner spots go, I'm going to say, obviously, J.C. and Dante are the two front runners. And they have been talking about playing three corners. So imagine, you know, that would be A.J. Boye's spot. He has looked really good. And I figure he's probably going to be the guy that covers the slot a little bit. Um, and, and I think they're they're okay with going with three corners. So 
Uh, they're just going to put the best 11 players out on the field and whether it's three or two corners or, you know, four defensive linemen, three defensive linemen, it doesn't matter. Phil Snow is going to change that, that defensive look up constantly. And I think they're just going to have the best guys on the field. So, uh, let's move over to offensive line. Another maligned unit from last year, uh, really just due to a lack of bodies towards the end. Uh, a lot of talk online regarding third round pick uh, that they traded down and eventually selected uh, BYU tackle Brady Christensen. Where do you think Christensen, Christensen ultimately ends up on the line? And is he a candidate to start week one in your mind? And, and where would that be? You know, I don't know if he's going to be in contention to start week one unless there's some sort of injuries or something that goes down. But, you know, it, it kind of caught me by surprise that they were going to keep him at right tackle. Now, I know that they they didn't really see him as a left tackle, um, but just considering the, the kind of depth that they have at left tackle, I thought they would at least give it a shot. Um, but I think he's going to end up being a guard. That's just me personally. I, I think they'll kick him inside the right guard. Taylor Moten's not going to be losing his job anytime soon, and I don't really think that they're going to flip Moten from right to left full time. So with that being said, I think they're just going to work him under Moten, see how that goes, and maybe, you know, maybe it, co- it could be they're grooming him to be the next right tackle, and then that way Taylor Moten could make that switch to left tackle, and now they've got two decent tackles. So maybe that's their, their thinking, but I, I just think he's, he's too um, – his body just looks too much like a guard. I think he, he his movement is a guard. It's just everything about him just screams guard. Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated joining us here on Franchise Players, talking a little Carolina Panthers news and notes. Uh, nice segue there with Taylor Moten because that was actually my next question. Uh, what, what's up with Taylor Moten? Because the team and Moten's agent were unable to complete a long-term deal. Moten will play under the franchise tag unless something changes at $14 million for the season. Uh, Skylar, what are your thoughts on the situation, and are you concerned that a deal hasn't been struck yet? Uh, you know, I, I think that the way this has kind of unplayed, I think that you're going to see a deal happen at some point. Now, whether it's before the season or not, I, I can't really you know gauge that. I think it's it's just going to come down to can the two agree to terms, obviously. And I just don't think that with the minimal time that's left but between now and, and training camp, that there's going to be enough um, time for those two guys, for those two sides to come together. So I would expect he's going to play under the franchise tag uh, in 2021 they'll get a deal done in the offseason it seems like again it's hard to really tell because you don't really know the answer but it seems like Moten wants to be in Carolina so that's the first part of the process and it seems like Matt Rule wants them that wants him to be a part of this team for the foreseeable future so I think the it, the mutual interest is there they just got to get the numbers right and I think it'll all work out now, in the first year of the Matt Rule era last year, 2020, the Carolina Panthers went 5-11, and but really eight of those 11 games, they lost by just one possession or one score, you could say. Uh, they were pretty competitive all year long, but really they just had massive holes in the roster that were kind of exposed by the end of the year. Right. Skylar, where on paper do you think the Panthers have improved the most, and is there a unit that these Panthers can have a top-10 ranked unit in in 2021? Yeah, I think it's definitely just the entire – really just the entire defense. I don't want to really seclude just one unit because I think when you look at it, they improved all three levels. They got uh, a pass rusher in Hassan Reddick, which last year outside of Brian Burns, they really didn't have much of a pass rush. They fixed that with Reddick. Hopefully, Yitor Gross-Matos comes along. Uh, they, they gave Derek Brown some help in the middle uh, with Daquan Jones. They got an upgraded linebacker with Denzel Perryman and, and added another depth guy with uh, Frankie Louvu. And then obviously all the changes that they've made in the secondary, which we talked about, 
I really do think that this defense could be a top 10 defense at, in, at, at the end of the season. Now, we know that the, the schedule was very favorable early on, so I think it's really going to be how do they handle that back half of the schedule. And I think if they can figure things out early, that'll help them kind of keep things tame for the, that brutal stretch that they go through at the end of the season when they got to play uh, Tampa twice and New Orleans and, and Buffalo. So, um, but yeah, I think as an overall defense, they can finish top 10. The secondary is probably going to be the highlight of this thing. And I think they could be maybe a top five or six, you know, secondary unit. Follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for Sports Illustrated. Skylar Callahan, friend of the program, stopping by franchise players to give us the dish on the Panthers. We'll definitely have you back on uh, here again real soon as we inch closer and closer to a quote unquote regular uh, preseason, I guess you could say, uh, for the NFL and our Carolina Panthers. Always appreciate having you on, bro. Anytime, brother. Thank you. Coming up, more from franchise players next on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.